Welcome to the Watershed Teaching Podcast. Watershed is the high school ministry of Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Perimeter Church is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Watershed is a place where we hope high school students would connect, receive, and transform. We want to see students connect with God and others through healthy community, receive His truth through gospel-centered, grace-based teaching, and be transformed by the gospel to then go transform their world. Thank you for downloading this podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.perimeter.org slash watershed. So a few years ago, I was at staff lunch or staff prayer or, or staff something, and, and I was talking to a buddy of mine, and, and I was just telling him about my oldest daughter and how uh, it was really cute watching her worship, and, and she was just dancing, and, and she really loved that song by Chris Tomlin, uh, Whom Shall I Fear? You, you know the song that's like, uh, you know, who goes before me, who's on my side, blah, blah, blah. You know, God of angels' armies is always by my side. And, and I was just saying how cute it was. Well, this other guy who's on staff, I'm not going to say their name, but walked up and just said, I can't stand that song. And I got defensive because I feel like he's attacking not just me, but my, my precious little daughter. I'm like, what's wrong with that song? Well, he answers by asking me a question. He asks, who's to say that God is on our side? Who's to say he's on your side or my side? And so I responded like any mature adult. I said, yeah, well, you're dumb. And I just walked away. But he had a point. He had a point. Who, who is to say that God is on our side? Who am I to say that God is on my side? Uh, if you look at 2020 and the events that have happened the past six, seven, eight months, you see a country that is divided, Christians divided, over COVID, wearing a mask, face-to-face or virtual education, social injustice. Uh, We're not even touch politics. Christians are divided. So it, it begs to ask the question, whose side is God on? Who's right? Who's wrong? So what we're going to do is, is today we're going to continue in our series called Joshua. And, and we're going to pick up as, as Joshua, who remembers God's chosen leader. Joshua, who is the one that is going to lead God's people into the promised land. We're going to pick up as, as he has now grown in confidence. And, and he's about to go and, and take down Jericho. And, and you would think that in this moment, as he's about to go take down Jericho, as he's been obedient, as he's, as he's done everything right, you would think that God is on Joshua's side. But as, as Lee Corso from College Game Day would say, not so fast. Here's where it picks up in, in Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? You you begin to see the confidence that Joshua has, right? I mean, maybe maybe even bordering overconfidence. I mean, just take uh, verse 13. Let me read it again. It says that, that Joshua was near Jericho. He looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Now, I don't want to pretend to assume what you would do in a situation like that, but if it's me, in my life experience, 
if there has ever been a man in front of me with a sword in his hand, my natural instinct is not to go up to him. I'm gonna look, up, I'm gonna look at him and say, no. And I'm gonna turn around and walk away. But Joshua doesn't do that. Joshua walks up to this stranger, this man whom he doesn't know, this man who's got a sword in his hand, prepared to fight, and he walks up to him. And he asks that question, are you for us? Or are you for our enemies? Again, do, do you see the confidence? Again, maybe the overconfidence that Joshua has. Because look at that question. Are you for us? Essentially, he's asking, are, are you on my side or their side? Are you with me, Joshua? Or are you with them? What he's not asking is, are you with God? Are you for God? Do you serve God? Do you love my God? No, Joshua's about himself. It's about his plan, not God's plan. It's about Joshua's glory, not God's glory. Uh, this is a question I, wanna, I want you to answer in your group, so right now you can press pause and, and ask yourself, are the plans for your life pointing to God's glory, or are they pointing to your own? So you guys can talk about that for a second. But back to the text, Joshua asked the man the question, and the man's response is incredible. If, if not shocking, I, I know it catches Joshua off guard because his response is neither. Joshua asks, are, are you with us? Are you with them? He says, neither. And this man's response is, is, is powerful. And as you keep reading, we learn two things. The first is this. This man is not some ordinary man. He is the commander of the Lord's army. He is he is the commander of the Lord's army. You know that legion of, of angels that Jesus references in, in the Gospels where he says, at my command, there's a legion waiting to come down. This man commands them. So this isn't an ordinary man. This is the commander of the Lord's army. And the second thing that, that we learn is that God isn't taking sides. He's not taking sides, which seems weird because obviously God would be on Joshua's side, right? He would be on the Israelite side. He's, he's told Joshua to go. He has told Joshua he's going to be with him. He has promised this land to him. He has promised to be, to, to be with him as he obeys God's law. So surely he's on Joshua's side, right? Well, it, it can be confusing. But think of it this way. Yes, God chose Israel. Yes, he chose Joshua to lead his people. He promised to go with them. But he doesn't take sides because God is not our ally. He is not our co-pilot. God is God. He is the one true God. He is the great I am. And, and the work that he is doing conforms to no, man, to no man's plans. Not my plans, not your plans, not Joshua's plans. Yes, he, he uses people to bring about his will. But let's be clear, it is still his plan. God's plan for us is and always will be his plan for us. When I was in college, I was a volunteer with this ministry called Young Life, and I was pretty good at it, uh, to the point where I, I began to feel like God was calling me 
to go into ministry full-time. And, and I had people around me, Young Life staff, peers, affirm that call. So when I graduated college, I, I interviewed uh, with Young Life and I got a job working out of Athens, Georgia, and, and was called to start Young Life at not just a new school, but this new area. And, and I loved my time there uh, because I got to hang out with, with some new high school friends. I got to start a new club. I got to start a new campaigners group. I got to hang out with some incredible leaders uh, from Athens, Georgia. I, I met some friends who had become lifelong friends. And I also met Hope, who is now my wife. I loved this time in Athens. And everything seemed to be going to plan. Everything seemed to go according to my plan. But things changed. Two years after my first day, I was having my, my second year review. And I sat down with my supervisor and, and he began to affirm the things that I knew. That I was, I was good at, at contact work, hanging out with high school friends. That I, that I was doing a good job leading these leaders as we started this new club. But then he said, but I think that you struggle with some other aspects of the job. I think you, you see fundraising as a necessary evil. I, I think that you don't want to hang out and build a community of adults to support the ministry. And because of those things, we aren't gonna bring you back on staff after the second year. And I remember everything, my life, my world shattered. This, this, my plan was destroyed. What I thought I was called to do was now being taken away from me. And I remember in my exit interview, I, I was talking with the guy on staff and, and he made this suggestion. He said, hey, you should consider becoming a youth pastor at a church. And I remember laughing at him because I, I thought I would never be caught dead working at a church. But I can look back today and see that it was actually God that was getting the last laugh. Because while I thought that my plan was done, I know now that his plan had only just begun. You see, a few months after that conversation with my supervisor, my wife and I, we got married and we moved to Costa Rica. And a few months into living in Costa Rica, we found out that my wife was pregnant with our oldest, with Isa, the same one who loves that song that someone on staff here doesn't like. And we moved back to the States. We moved back to Georgia, to this tiny town called Rock Mart, Georgia, where my wife got a job teaching uh, high school science, which is her call, and I got a job working at a chicken plant. Now, I wouldn't say it's what my call was, but I loved it because I got to share the gospel with people I worked with. I got to share the gospel with people who'd grown up in Polk County. I got to share the gospel with people from Guatemala who were, who were coming into the country to work. I got to share the gospel with, with a youth group who I began volunteering with, and I began to fall in love with the local church. And a few months later, I got a call from, from my, my best friend, Brad, who said that uh, there was some church in, in Johns Creek, Georgia, that was looking for some guy with, with Young Life staff experience. And, and he set up an interview. That church was Perimeter Church. And now I'm, I'm blessed that I get to serve uh, with Watershed, this ministry that I consider the best student ministry in the world. I get to work with the best staff. I get to work with the best leaders. I get to work with the best students at what I believe is the best church. While things weren't going according to my plan, it is obvious that God's plan was at work. And His plan is always perfect. You see, 
God's will for us, his plan for us may seem crazy. It may seem out there. It may seem like it doesn't make sense. It may be different than what we desire, but it's perfect. Things may, look, may not look like they're going our way. You, you may not get into the college that you want to. You may get cut from the sports team. You, may not, you might not get the part in the play that you wanted, but his plan is still perfect. His plan for us is his plan and his alone and his perfect. One more thing about his plan. We are called to obey his plan. I mentioned this earlier that, that Joshua was about to go and, and, and take Jericho as he continued to walk into the promised land. And, and in chapter six, it picks up, says this, says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. And then he told Joshua, here's what I want you to do. Once a day for six days, he told Joshua, march with your army. One time, each day for six days. But on the seventh day, God tells Joshua, on the seventh day, I want you to march seven times. And then after that seventh time, I want your priests to blow a trumpet. And then after the priests blow the trumpet, I want your whole army, my army, to yell at the top of the, your lungs. Now, if, you, if you're like me and you've seen this in, 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 in Veggie Tales, you're picturing a couple peas hurling insults at the Israelites. That's okay. But Joshua obeys. He obeys what God asks him to do. And they march one time a day for six days. And then on that seventh day, they march seven times. The priests blow the trumpets, the army yells, and, it, and, and the walls of Jericho collapse. And just as God promised, Joshua leads his army straight in, taking Jericho, taking one step further into the land that God had promised Moses and had promised Joshua. As for us, no, we haven't met the commander of, of, of God's army, which I think probably made it easier for Joshua to obey. But if you're a believer, if you're watching this and, and you call yourself a Christian, then you have met God's son, Jesus. And as a believer, you are called to obey him. You are called to obey his word. You are called to obey his law. You are called to submit to his plans. You see, just because you're a good person, just because you do the right things, just because you follow the rules, does not mean that God has to submit to your plans. Joshua was obeying God and crossed over the river, but was still called to obey God's plans. I can look back remembering my time with Young Life and where I am now and see that is all according to God's plan, not mine. You see, part of obeying is submitting your life, it's submitting your plan to Him. Because I believe that if we submit, submit our plans to Him, what we will see, what we will find, is that our plans will begin to align with God's. Because what's gonna happen is we're gonna realize that we're just falling in line with what God has planned for us. 
And it's not about our plan. It's not about our glory. It's about God's plan. And it's about His glory. God's plans are bigger than ours. And God invites us to be a part of what He's doing. But God is the one who's calling the shots. So as you go into your groups, I, I want you to ask these questions. What are the parts of your life? What are those things that you're holding on to right now? What are those things that you need to let go of so that God can be in full control of your life? What areas of your life do you need Jesus to remind you that it's not about you, but it's about Him? Love y'all. I hope to see y'all soon. See ya.